Hello everyone. Hello everybody. Welcome to our series that we're doing on marriage. We've been conducting a series now on, on this subject for the last several uh, Sundays mm -hmm. and we're going to continue it today. What we've been doing is we've been looking at marriage A to Z and we've been going through each of the letters in the alphabet and words that begin like with A, words that begin with B, C and so forth and see how those words uh, apply to marriage mm -hmm. and how those words can uh, help all marriages be stronger. Yes. And so we've, we've uh, made it all the way down to the I's. Yes. And so we're going to start with the letter I today. And again, we can't get all the, all the words that start with all mm -hmm. these letters. You know, and we'll, we always go back and think, well, we should have we should have used that word or whatever that started with A or B or whatever. But we're doing the best we can, and I think we're getting using some pretty good words here that that will help your marriage if you'll yes. uh, apply uh, what what we're saying. So, with that in mind, let's pick up with the letter I. And again, I. marriage A to Z. So we're on the I. Mm -hmm. So, what's our first I word? Our first one is individual. In a marriage, there's two individuals. Uh, we have to understand that our spouse, even though we're one in marriage, we're also individual people, and we have our own uh, individual personalities, our own individual traits or characteristics, our likes or dislikes, um, and we really have to. Uh, celebrate that and and respect that you know a lot of times when we get married we want our spouse to like all the same things and do all the same things but that's not really realistic we need to celebrate who they are the things that they're good at the things that they like the things that they enjoy because that will further them as a person instead of trying to confine them into what you are yeah and we had said in an earlier session that it's it's the a lot of times uh, when, when people are dating, uh, it's the, the differences that they have in, in one another, like opposites attract. Mm -hmm. And what, you know, what was weak in me, strong in you and vice versa, that's what will draw people together. Opposites attract. Uh, but it's kind of like after the after you get married and then the honeymoon wears off it's like, like a uh -oh. <laughs> like you know the two the two sides of a magnet yep. and and the certain sides will will you know will uh, attract but then after it seems like after people get married and uh, and then the honeymoon wears off it's like the other side of that magnet and if you ever if, if you ever they put, repel each you know, other put the two magnets together yep. and they push away mm -hmm. and so you know we're we're individuals mm -hmm. But we need to learn to operate as one, as, yes. as, as a unit. And we don't want to let the things that, you know, the, the, the strengths and weaknesses that each, each of us have that drew us together to start with after the honeymoon wears, we're married mm -hmm. and the honeymoon wears off. So many couples, then those, those differences drive one another crazy. Mm -hmm. And, and those, those, those weaknesses and whatnot will, will, will re, start repelling. Mm -hmm. And so many couples, uh, instead of you, like instead of me using your strengths where I'm weak and vice versa to make us better, we start picking on those things. Right. And they drive so many couples uh, apart and they wind up, you know, with miserable marriages or divorced. So, mm -hmm. so yes, we're individuals. We mm -hmm. have our strengths, weaknesses. We need to realize that about one another. And, uh, but we need to, to celebrate, you know, like, like I, like the strengths that you have. You know, I've learned to celebrate those, mm -hmm. and and the strengths that I have, you've learned to celebrate yes. those, 
and uh, rather than, than than tearing you down for I'll some let those of those irritate you, right? They're tearing you down, or those those things that you're strong in, where I'm weak in. Instead of letting those irritate me, I realize you're an individual. You have strengths in certain areas that I don't, and and I realize that, and I embrace mm-hmm. that about you, and and, and it's made our and, and you do it with me, and it's made our marriage uh, very good. Now yes. we didn't get there overnight. No. Takes it, time. It, it took time, and we had to learn that. But we we got there, and I think we have a pretty good marriage. Yes, we do. But again, each uh, person in the marriage is you know the husband and the wife. They're individuals, but you know you have to learn to operate as a, mm-hmm. as, as one. Yes. So, anyway, the next word is intriguing. Be an interesting person to live around. Don't be boring. Am I boring? Don't, no. <laughs> Don't have your head stuck in a screen all the time. And these. The day we live in, everybody has their head stuck in a screen. And if you have you mean, your stead, you mean head... like a telephone yeah. or watching their phone uh, or a computer, yeah. you know, phone, television. computer, television, you know, laptop. If you have your head stuck in a screen all the time, you will not be an intriguing or an, imperson- or an important, <laughs> interesting person to be married to. Um, you know, sometimes we hear at, when couples talk, they say, well, he always used to do these things, or she always used to do these things, but now they just sit and stare at the television. Don't, you know, don't let that happen in your marriage. You know, as a person, you know, you, you need to be learning things and enjoying things, having hobbies, and, and be, be an interesting person, an intriguing person. Have enough, um, have enough things going on in your brain that you can hold an intelligent conversation with your spouse. Oh, yeah. And you never want, of course, you never want those hobbies or whatever to get out of hand. You know, if your hobby is golf, you don't want to be playing every day and leave your spouse, you know, neglected. Yeah, yeah, we need to be intriguing people and and keep that, uh, uh, keep our spouse interested in us. Mm -hmm. And I I, I know we've heard that so many different times Mm -hmm. where, where one of the, you know, people would be sitting, couples would be sitting in our office and, and saying, well, you know, she used to do this or he used to do this. And when we were dating, you know, we used to talk a lot. Yes. But now, you know, we've been married a couple of years and we're not talking anymore. Mm-hmm. Or he used to want to, you know, take me and we'd go for a walk in the park. But now he just wants to sit and watch the, the, the sports on television. Mm-hmm. And, and Or he'll say, you know, something about her along the same lines. And so, uh, again, we have to... Uh, we, we have to keep intrigue in our marriage mm-hmm. and uh, we, we must not lose that. So, right. so uh, uh, you know, if you're out there and, you know, evaluate yourself. How much time are you spending with your spouse versus with other things or, you know, with other people? Or a lot of times men, you know, they'll leave their, ho- their wife at home and they'll go with their buddies out golfing or, or wherever it is. You know, to the bowling alley or, or to the ball game or whatever it is, and they'll and they'll leave their their spouse unattended, mm-hmm. and and that happens again and again. And, and she'll come in and say, "Well, he spends more time with his with his buddies, buddies than he yeah. does with me." Or the man might be sitting there saying the same thing. You know, yeah. well, she's always out with her girlfriends mm-hmm. doing this, that, and the other, and I'm just left I'm left at home here. You know, and, and so evaluate yourself and be sure you're spending. You know, more time. I would say spend more time with your spouse than you would really anybody else. Wouldn't right. you say? Uh-huh. And and keep things interesting. Mm-hmm. Keep keep you know, be intriguing. This word I intriguing. But you got to keep you know you, you keep 
keep your spouse interested in you and don't be a bore. Yes. Don't be a bore. And, and I, you know, I, and I don't think I'm a bore. <laughs> He's not a bore. So we, we have a lot of fun. Not at all. And sometimes I think you like me to calm things down a little bit, but we, but it is, you never we know. We have a fun house. Fun house. You never know what could happen. You just never know. You just never know what could happen. So, but it's I think it's 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 fun and it it it's uh, it's better than being dull and boring, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay, so so be a person of intrigue in a good way. Okay. Yep. What's the next word? The next word is intimacy. Intimacy. And it's important not to just have that include sex, but touching, hugging, kissing. Uh, looking at each other in yeah, the eyes, you yeah. know, spending time just being intimate with them. Yeah, and again, just, you know, studying, you know, the male and the female over mm -hmm. the years and studying things about marriage and talking to so many couples. And, you know, we've learned this, that, you know, men are more uh, uh, given to visual things, I guess, and, and the sexual. Mm -hmm. And women are more given to the intimacy mm -hmm. and the whispering sweet nothings in the, or mm -hmm. sweet somethings, whatever, into their <laughs> ear and, and the, the caressing and that. Mm -hmm. Whereas the men are more into the physical side of things. And we could talk, we could delve deep into that. Let's keep it, mm -hmm. keep it surface level here. But, uh, but it's so important. And I think we said this in an earlier session, but we've seen so many couples over the years that they, you know, they don't have a good marriage. And if you watch them, you know, there, there's never any intimacy. There's right. never any, I mean, hand holding no, or no, no, no touching, touching. Hand, you know, put your hand up here. There's never any hand holding mm -hmm. in public or, you know, or mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And, and 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 I've learned this that what people do in public, they're typically doing in private. Mm -hmm. So if they're not doing that in private, they're not going to be doing it in public. Now that's not a hard and fast rule, right. but we've seen so many couples that that you know, we've known that they don't have a good marriage, and you never you never see any intimacy right. like a holding of hands or a you know a kiss goodbye mm -hmm. or, or just walking walking in the park with arm around you know mm -hmm. like that you know you don't ever see that right. and so i think it's important and and w women i would think need that really mm -hmm. more than men do yes am i right on that yes. you know so anyway so we need to and uh, and you know something else too and i don't always do very good at this but i but i i try but like opening the door mm -hmm. For now, I don't know. Would that come under in, in, intimacy or under just good manners? I don't know. We'll get to the M's later, but but just you know, I mean, I don't open the door for you all the time. I confess, I should. Sometimes I do, but when I do, it's a blessing. Is it a blessing? Yes. Yeah. And uh, now you know what's hard. What I've never had figured out. Like if we're going into a building mm -hmm. and the door opens outward. You know, like you pull it. Now that's easy because I pull it open and you walk in. But when you're going out the building. You know, I still haven't figured out the protocol on that. Am I supposed to, how do you open the I'm door? I'm sure it's on YouTube. I don't know. Am I supposed to go, what I'll do is I'll go out the door and hold it open for you, but then I've went out, I've gone out first. So I don't know. Maybe you can send me an email and straighten me out on the, on the, on the, I'm trying to have a little fun here. I don't know, but I do try, I do open the doors. <laughs> I do open the doors for you when we go into buildings. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think we've ever come to a water puddle or a mud puddle yet where I've taken my coat off and thrown it down for you to walk across. No. Well, that's not necessary. That's not necessary. So you, want, so, so you want to walk through the water, right? I walk around the water. Walk around the water. What if you can't? Anyway, but we need to, we need to be intimate yes. with one another. Yes. And, uh, um, and, and it's an important thing. What's the next word? 
joy. joy. We've kind of talked about this. We need to inject joy into our marriages and make yourself a joy to be around. Yeah. You know, when when you get up in the morning, hi, honey, how mm-hmm. are you doing? Are you doing okay? Did you sleep good? You know, mm-hmm. instead of, oh, <laughs> yeah. I want to be back in bed. Yeah. I want to go to sleep. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, you you snored last night. You kicked me last night. You know, just just, you know, make it a purpose in your life to bring joy to the people you live with, especially your spouse. I would say most mornings when we wake up, I mean, we'll, we'll, you know, say, you know, good morning, morning, you know, and you're laying there, I'm laying there, you know, good morning. Some mornings, you know, it depends. Every morning's different, Mm -hmm. but I think most of the time, you know, hi, honey, good morning. Or, you know, did you sleep well? How do you feel this morning? You know, something Mm -hmm. like that. And, and most of the time, I'd say we respond favorably to one another. Yes, and it's just a choice you make. You know, you can go around the house saying, oh, i got to do the laundry, i got to do the dishes, i got to pay the bills, you know, i got to mm-hmm. cut the grass. Yeah. You know, you can be like that or you can just, you know, choose to be joyful about it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to do the dishes now, I'm going to do the laundry now, I'm going to cut the grass. You know, it's just, just an attitude adjustment that can make... Uh, being married to you, much more joyful. And I know I had hurt my back years ago, and I, we have blinds throughout the house that I have to open every morning and close, and we, we do that every morning, and we share that duty, and sometimes I'll do it, sometimes you'll do it, but I know my back was out for a couple of weeks there, and I couldn't, I couldn't do those blinds. I, I couldn't even walk down, the, the, down into the lower level, and I was grumbling and complaining, rah, rah, rah. but then, you know, I, in the middle of all that, I thought, you know what? I, you know, I should just be so thankful that I have these blinds mm-hmm. and that I can, when my back's fine, that I can go around and move, you know, open them and close them. And boy, that straightened me up. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had any back problems since then. And <laughs> I've never have had back problems, right. but you know, I, I pulled it, I pulled my back cut in the grass, I think mm-hmm. is what it was, or playing tennis or something. And, uh, but, uh, you know, so we should, you know, instead of being grumbly, let's be thankful for the things we have and be yes, thankful be that, very thankful. you know, be thankful we have dishes to do or we have clothes to wash or we house have blind, a house to live in, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, but, you know, we need to, to be sure that we keep joy in our marriage and it goes along with what we just said about, you know, being a person of intrigue, fun, mm-hmm. you know, fun, joy. I know they're, they're different, but they're really kind of the same. Yep. We need to keep fun about, about mm-hmm. the marriage and, and be joyful people. Cause you know, I like being around joyful people. Mm-hmm. Don't you? Yeah, it makes all the difference oh, in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like being around grumpy, grumpy, crabby, grumpy, crabby, grumpy naggy, people, critical, gr- grumpy people. And mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, it's just not, mm-hmm. uh, it's just, it's just, it'll just weigh on a person. Right. And, and, you know, we, 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 you know, in pastoring all the years that we pastored, you know, there's, there's folks that like, I know right before I'd go up and preach a lot of times before, when I get to the church, by the time, sometimes I'd get to the church and I was, you know, I was just, just, just so full of joy and full of the, just ready to preach the word of God and just ready to go. And by the time, by the time I got, you know, to the, through the people and greeted the people at the door coming in and got into my office. And then by the time I got from my office to the front row, you know, you'd meet maybe half a dozen people or so. And, and most of them all good. But I mean, there were those people that 
I mean, just grumpy, grumpy, and always complaining and rah, rah, rah about something, and you just try to avoid those folks, you know. Mm-hmm. And one person called them joy suckers, you know. They'll suck the joy right, right. out of you. And I've already, when I've got pulled on the parking lot, you know, ready, flying higher than a kite to preach the word of God. By the time you get in the pulpit, you're just drained right. because people can do that to you. So, and we've watched that in marriages, right? You know, and and so you know, don't drain the joy out of somebody. I know I have to confess. There's been times where you started a day out just just really going good, and I did something or said something, and you know, you know, it hasn't even gotten to be eight o'clock yet, and I've just sucked the joy out of the whole day by something. And, and most of the time, everybody's done that. Most of the time, it's just petty little stuff that didn't amount to anything, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it just kind of sets the tone a bad tone for the whole day. Mm-hmm. So let's be people that are have fun. Let's have fun, be fun. Yes. you know, be full of joy. Do the best you can. And right. we're not we're not always going to be perfect right. at it, but but it's just it'll make your marriage a lot better. So anyway, oh here's the next word: jealousy. Mm-hmm. We're on the J's now. Jealousy. That's not a good thing. That is not a good thing. And you know, our notes, I'm going to read from our notes here. Don't be jealous of your spouse. Mm -hmm. Don't be jealous of your spouse. Uh, Give them room to breathe. Now, before I talk about give them room to breathe, let me say this. Just reading from the notes here. uh, Don't give your spouse a reason to be jealous. Mm -hmm. Don't give your spouse a reason to be jealous. You know, uh, you're not going around flirting around with other fellas. You've, nope. ne- you've never done that. We, we spoke about that in an earlier session. Anytime we repeat something, it's like if you were a student in one of my math classes, I told the students, if I'm repeating something, guess what? And I write it on the board. I don't have a board to write on here. But if I'm repeating something, it's really important going to be on the test. So we, we you know, we've talked about this before, but it bears repetition. Now, you've never been a flirtatious person <laughs> You've never given me reason to be jealous, and I appreciate that. And I believe I've been the same way back to you. Definitely. And so, you know, uh, so don't give your spouse reason to be jealous. But I know when we first got married, just being as honest as I can, I had I had a problem in this area. And though you were never flirtatious with any with other men or anything like that. But I had a problem in this area, and I, when we first got married, I thought that if you were, like, if we went to a a, 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 a party or something where there were, you know, pe- there's people at parties, and if, if I, <laughs> and, and you were never off over in the, off over in, the, in another room or at, by yourself talking with a fellow, but you could be standing there just having a, just, a, just greeting another, another fellow talking just, just about, you know, could have been talking about the weather or whatever. Yeah. And well, I tell you what, I, boy, I'd, I'd get jealous and I'd get, it'd make me angry and, and, and it, it, you know, and then, and then I, I wind up just following you around from one room to the next and you felt like you were in prison and there was no reason for it, but I had a problem in that area because I, and I don't know why, because you never gave me a reason to, to be jealous, but it was just something, a problem I had. And I mean, you, we'd go in somewhere and you wouldn't want to talk to any fellas. You talked to the, to the women. But see, I had you kind of in jail, didn't I? Mm-hmm. And didn't that make you uncomfortable? Yes, yes. 
Yeah. And, and so I had to get over that. And, and, but, but again, you never gave me reason to be jealous. And I realized that, that, that you were just talking to, and most of the time you talk to women, but once in a while you talk to a fellow right there in public, but I'd get all, all bent out of shape, but I've overcome that. Mm -hmm. And now we'll go to a party and, and we'll, we'll get there and I'll see you at the door and, mm -hmm. you know, we might be there for three hours and I see you when we get there and I don't, I don't see you again till we, till we leave because we're talking with other people. But, but I'm, I'm over, thank God I've been able to overcome that and yes. I'm not jealous of you. Good. You have anything to add? No, you said it all good. Hey, but you know, you never really had a problem with being jealous. No. No. Well, good for you. <laughs> But what I did, but overcame it. Okay. All right. So, but, so don't be jealous because that can eat at a person. Yep. And, and, uh, you know, we've already, and I don't think I've ever dealt with anybody, but I've heard that like this, but what I'm about to say, but I've heard of stories where men will mark their woman's tires in the morning with chalk or something or other, and they'll mm -hmm. come home or they'll look at the odometer and if that, if that car has been moved during the day that, you know, that he'll think his wife is doing something she shouldn't be doing or, you know, always wanting to look at her telephone or are she doing it to him. And I mean, that's just no way to live. No. And, no. Uh, and it just can make people's lives miserable. So, yes. so, you know, just, just, I think, I think we've said enough on it, but don't, don't be jealous. Don't have a, you know, if you have a problem with it, overcome it. I was able to. But don't give your spouse a reason to be jealous. Do we need to say any more on that? Nope. Okay. All right. The next Go ahead. one is K. Kindness. Kindness. The uh, Bible says we're supposed to be kind to one another. We need to have words of kindness for our spouse. We need to nurture our spouse. In Ephesians 4:23 or 4:32, it says, "Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you." Yes. So we should treat our spouse the way God would treat yeah, them. Right. Be kind to them, be caring, be thoughtful. Yeah. Um, you can find thoughtful things to do for your spouse every day. Yes. And be a blessing to them, be kind to them. And and any spouse that's uh, normal, not not something wrong with them, will respond to kindness. Yes, and make it easy for your spouse to be kind to you. Yes. Be the kind of spouse that makes it easy on your spouse to be kind to you. Mm -hmm. And hey, and thinking of that, can we go back to the last letter? Was <laughs> J, don't be a jerk. Yeah, don't, don't be, a jerk. be don't, That might come under D for don't, but J, jerk, don't, don't be, be a, a jerk. jerk. And if you're not being a jerk, and I'll have to admit, there's been times I've acted like a jerk and I shouldn't have in our marriage, and, and, I'm, and I'm sorry, but we've worked through all those things. I think everybody has their moments. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, the key to success in marriage is is this, and we've said it many times, we're all going to have problems mm -hmm. in marriage. We're all going to have marriage problems. Yes. All, every couple does. But it's, that's, not the, that's not the thing. It's how you work through those mm -hmm. problems. And there's been times where I've been a, been a jerk and I shouldn't have been. But, you, you know, we work through those mm -hmm. and you've always been kind to me when I didn't deserve it. You've yes. shown that grace and mercy, which we talked about last week. But don't be a jerk and be kind to one another. Yeah. Just sometimes, be kind. Sometimes when we're going through extremely stressful uh, situations like uh, problems at work or financial problems or uh, health problems or problems in family, we can we can just get so stressed out that we become uh, uh, short with people or irritable. snappy, irritable. 
And the other person sometimes just needs to understand to give that person kindness in those situations to help them through that rough time. And I like being around kind people. Yes. Don't you? I oh, just, yes. I just like being around kind people. Yes. So let's be kind to one mm-hmm. another. And the Bible is very clear on that. We're supposed to be kind to one another. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if we just act like what the Bible says, we, 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 wouldn't, go have, a long we way. wouldn't have marriage problems. That's <laughs> right. Anyway, let's go on now to uh, L. L. Look oh. in your own field. Look in your own there's a, there's a saying that uh, says the grass is always greener mm. on the other side of the fence. Yeah. You know, sometimes we can see people in other people's marriages and we just think, oh, you know, if it was only like that, if it was only like that. But that's a really bad thing to do because you do have no idea what's going on in their house. Right. And the way they look is not the way it is in their house. And right. I mean, we could give you a million stories of friends, relatives, church members that looked really healthy, happy, good families, wonderful families, but they were all just like everybody else. They have problems and issues to deal with. And sometimes the person looking and thinking that, oh, if it was only like that at my house, they have a better home situation than the, than the person they're looking at. So look in your own field. Keep your eyes on your own spouse and don't think that somebody else's spouse is better than yours. And that I think we need to, to say a little more on that. Uh, and again, this is something we've talked a little bit about earlier in one of the earlier sessions, but it bears repetition. And that, But it's so true. The grass always does look greener. I mean, mm-hmm. it just does. And you need to understand that about yourself. It's human nature. The grass always looks greener mm-hmm. on the other side. And the, and the old saying is, you know, but when you get over to that side, you have to mow that yard too. Mm-hmm. So that's not original with me. But it, I, I, we've seen, uh, you know, people over the years where the woman was, would say, oh, if I just had so-and-so for mm-hmm. my spouse. You know, and um, uh, but then you find out down the road that that guy that she would like to be married to is one of the worst spouses you could ever have. Right. But you and see the grass that... look greener, but but if she'd have had that guy, she'd have been more miserable with him than she was with her existing the one spouse she had at the time. And women, a lot of times, you know, um, will think that somebody that they see at church is more spiritual than their husband. And what they might not know is that person that can pray really good at church and act really or sing really well at church or do all kinds of, you know, volunteer work at church might be wonderful at home. But that person that they see is so spiritual might be controlling, might be abusive, might control the money where the woman can't can't buy makeup or clothes or, you know, all kinds of things. So just keep your eyes on your own spouse. Yeah, you can't tell anything about people by the way they act at church. No. I mean, we learned that a long time ago before we ever even started Summit Christian Church. Mm-hmm. You can't go by the way people no. look at church because everybody can put on their best, their best, put their best foot forward for an hour and a half once right. a week. Right. You don't ever go by what people right. are doing at church because I've seen, like I've said many times in my messages, I've seen people act just like, just angelic in mm-hmm. church and they're then next thing you know they're cussing out the clerk over at, right. at the de- department store or, or, or you might have a real charismatic type of man and you think oh if my husband was just like that he's so charismatic and friendly but mm-hmm. you don't realize he has prostitutes you know yeah, oh he has what <laughs> prostitutes oh he's seeing prostitutes yeah, <laughs> or, or, he's, or he's beating his wife mm-hmm. you know or whatever i mean so you just you know, but again, the grass always looks mm-hmm. greener. So, so just you know, you're with the one you're with, 
what does the song say? Love the one Love you're the with. Love the one you're with. So, so, because you, you know, if you get another one, you know, another husband, you're gonna have, you're gonna, you're have, gonna you have, have problems too. You're gonna now. have this. You're gonna have the probably the same amount of problems. They might just be different problems. And again, just I think it needs to be said. We're not talking in this series about the extreme problems where a woman is being beaten right. or those sorts of things. Right. That requires professional help and action does need to be taken. But in, we're talking about the daily, mm-hmm. normal types of things all couples deal with mm-hmm. on, at some time or another. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and this comes up a lot. Oh, if only I had her for, a, a, if only I had to, the girl at work that I work with, if only I had her for my wife. Oh, right. everything would be wonderful. But what you don't realize, if you get, if you get, if you had that, you divorce your wife to have that woman, you're going to have problems with her too. And she's yep. not going to look like when she gets up in the morning, like she does at work. Right. And the only time you're seeing her is at work, but she, I mean, she, you, you get what I'm yes. saying. I'm yes. making it clear. Mm-hmm. So the grass, it may look greener on the other side, but it could be, it could be, it could astro, be a lot astroturf <laughs> over there. It's not even real, you right. know? So anyway, I think people are getting what we're saying. Just be happy where you're at and work through the problems with, with your spouse and because, oh, if I had a different one, it'd be better. No, it might be worse. So right. anyway. Right. All right. So the next one is limits. Limits or you might. Oh, you missed that one. Oh, listen, listen, listen. listen. Learn to listen to your spouse mm-hmm. and hear what they're saying. Yeah. It's really important when your spouse is talking to you to listen, mm-hmm. to listen with empathy, to listen, to, to try to grasp what they're saying to you. They're telling you how they feel. Don't discount them. Don't don't you know twiddle your thumbs or just ignore them. Really try to connect with them and the, what they're talking to you about and how they're feeling, and that mm. that will do wonders for your marriage. Yeah, and I, like if if you're talking to me and uh, there's something on television that I that I really want to watch, but you have something you want to say to me, uh, you know, hey, we've got a you know with a, the TV system we have, I hit the pause button. Mm-hmm. I just pause it and I stop what I'm doing and I give you my full attention. Mm-hmm. And then when you're done, you know, I, I hit start it up and <laughs> go right on and I can back it up if I have to. But the point is I should give you my full attention. Right. What did we do before we had that pause button on the I don't know, I get Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. I guess what <laughs> don't I, remember. But, but, you know, I, I don't know. But but we've always been good at listening to yes, one another yes. and, and, and taking you know, you've always been good at, at listening to me and trying to understand where I'm coming from. And I think I've done that with you. And, you know, what's more important, listening to you or listening to the television, to a sports thing or a news thing? Mm-hmm. You you are. And yes. so even if we didn't have the pause button, you just turn the TV off and move right on. Now, some men out there might be saying, I wish I could get a remote control to pause my wife. Oh, I should have said that. <laughs> but no, pause that TV. Mm-hmm. What your wife has to say is far more important and you can get, and if you don't have a pause button, it doesn't matter. Listen to your wife because that, that's where the important, that she's the important one, not to tell and What we found is when, um, it, when people don't listen to their spouse, eventually that person, uh, just slowly over time just completely shuts you out. Yes, they do. And it's and, like, it becomes like a blank wall because they know that that they're not important to that person. Right. And I might add something else. If you won't listen to your spouse, if you won't take the time to listen to your spouse, the devil has a way of bringing somebody along who will listen. Mm-hmm. 
And it really, if you think about it, we all want to be listened to. Yes. Right? We all want to be heard and listened to. I mean, and so if, if, if you won't listen to your spouse, your spouse is liable to find someone else who right. will. Right. So, so turn that television off or put that cell phone aside. You can get back to that later. Listen to what your spouse has to say. Be attentive. It, it, it's very important. Good. The next one is limits. Limits are, some might say, boundaries. Um, these are situations in marriage where you basically have to stop the presses, you have to enforce those boundaries, and many times even end the marriage. Mm-hmm. And examples of those are unfaithfulness, mm-hmm. when a person in the marriage um, ha- is having an affair with someone else. Um, a marriage can recover from that, yes, but very seldom does. So it's, you know, keep your eyes on your own spouse. Don't have an affair with somebody else. And if your spouse is having an affair, those are grounds, biblical grounds to end the marriage. Yeah. And I might add on that too. I mean, we don't, we don't want to be, we don't want anybody jumping to divorce. And I know, I know that's not what you're saying, but just to clarify divorce, I I feel should always be the very last Mm -hmm. option that would be exercised. Right. There are biblical grounds for divorce, but I don't think that couples ought to go around just looking for those things and looking for reasons to no, get divorced. No, these are extreme situations. Those are extreme situations, and sometimes, unfortunately, divorce is what needs to be done. And, and certainly there are, there are times when couples, you know, a man has been unfaithful to his wife or a wife has been unfaithful to her husband, and those things can be worked through and those things can be resolved. It's very difficult a lot of times, and many times there isn't a point of resolution but uh, and most of the times we find out that the person that is having the affair does not want to give that up. Yeah, usually they don't want to give that up. And, and, and a lot of times so many things have happened in that marriage before that affair even started that mm-hmm. the marriage was crumbling. I mean, there's so many scenarios and things we could talk about. But I, w- I mean, I don't think any couple should ever, any spouse should ever put up with unfaithfulness, right. marital, marital sexual unfaithfulness from their spouse or are certainly, uh, you know, physical abuse. Those kinds of things need to be dealt with, and oftentimes the result of those things are divorced. It is divorced, but 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 yet, thank God that things can be worked on and resolved in forgiveness if somebody will really re- really repent mm-hmm. and, and straighten up their behavior. But 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 limits do need to be set. Yes. Limits do need to be set. I mean, uh, you know, like. I'll give an example. Like if I came dragging in here to the house, you know, whenever I wanted, you know, two in the morning, three in the morning, and you didn't know where I was. I mean, I definitely, that's just an example. I've never done that. No. But that would be, I'd be, that would, I'd be violating that limit. That would be out of bounds. Right. Is that right? Correct. And and many such things we could talk about, like like uh, like drug addiction or, or alcohol. You know, if a man's coming in and, 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 and he's been dr- out drinking and he comes in drunk and you know, the wife never knows when he's coming in. I mean, those are addictions and, you know, that man is out of bounds. Right. And you know what I mean by that. And, and how, do, how, how, why would a woman put up with that for, you know, you know, over time? No, 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 no. Right. Or a man. A right. man, if his wife is addicted, you know, right. people can be addicted to cocaine, mm-hmm. you know, meth, heroin, um, all mm-hmm. kinds of painkillers and stuff and and there have to be boundaries put like you need to stop this you need to get help or we can't stay married you know it sometimes it can get to that situation right and i think that that most 
reasonable people know what marital marital boundaries are without even much communication. I mean, I mean, you get what I'm saying. Like I, I, I just gave an example. I mean, we don't even have to set a boundary of me knowing that I can't come in at two in the morning. And you don't have you don't have a clue where I've been. I mean, I know that, but there are some things that that it would irritate one spouse or the other. You know where where there might have to you might have to sit down with your spouse and communicate and say you know I need there to be a boundary here where you're right. not doing thus or so. Right. Am I right on that? Yes, think? but there's there's situations where um, a man or a woman, and especially a woman when she's married, can think that she's violating the word of God if she uh, puts down strict boundaries. Like I can't be married to an alcoholic anymore right. uh, because I never know you where you are. You're driving right. drunk. You're destroying right. our finances. Right. You know, um, it, you could go on and on and on. And I, you know, if you will not change, I'll have to divorce you. Right. right. You know, and right. a lot of times a woman who's a Christian has a real hard time doing that because she believes in the marriage covenant. She wants to obey the yeah. word of God. But there are times when that is required and necessary for your own self-preservation and, and yes. for your family. And by doing that, by setting those boundaries, you're not a, a woman would not be violating the word of God no, to do that. Not at all. Not at, not all. at all. Not at all. Not at all. And like we have here, I like gambling. We're talking about addictions, you know. And uh, I remember there was a, a couple came into the office many years ago where they, uh, you know, she was the, the wife was ready to just. You know how you're hitting me over the head in that picture with that frying pan? I mean, she was, you know, you look awful happy in that picture <laughs> when you're hitting with that frying pan. Were you taking joy in that? I was just trying to hold on to that thing. It's really heavy. <laughs> it's so heavy. I'm glad you really didn't hit me with it. But, but this lady, this wife was ready to, I mean, she was ready to hit him with the frying pan and worse. And long story short, what had happened was is he, uh, he had got involved with internet gambling and uh, it was causing a terrible problem in their marriage. And I remember, there's nothing funny about it, but he sat there and he said he went to the, because I, I, I had him explain what he was doing. He said he went to the gambling site on the internet and he, he, said, he said, I was doing the practice games. He said, I was winning every game. He said, I couldn't lose. I was on fire. He said, I couldn't lose. And he said, but something happened when I put in my credit card and we weren't playing practice games anymore. He said, all of a sudden, I started losing. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't laugh so about that. I wanted to say, I've got to say it. I wanted to say, I don't want anybody that stupid to attend in my church. I right. mean, I shouldn't joke about it, but I mean, if you think about it, but, but, you know, yeah, he puts his, when he's playing practice games, they're going to let you win. But when you put your credit card in, he said, I started losing and he had lost a lot of money and his wife was ready to hit him with worse than a frying pan. In fairness to him, he went out and got some extra jobs and paid, paid that debt off so right. so and he repented and that was wonderful but it caused a lot of trouble in their marriage and if he hadn't have repented that marriage could have wound up in in in, in divorce you mm -hmm. know so wh whatever whether it's alcohol or drugs or gambling or whatever whatever area it is um, you know you need to set limits and have limits and, and boundary lines and don't don't violate those because right. it can bring great problems into your marriage and then the next one is to have limits uh, pertaining to financial issues. Um, one person in a, in a marriage can completely destroy the household finances. And, you know, if they don't stop doing that, sometimes a marriage has to end. Uh, we've seen uh, 
many situations where, especially early on in a marriage, where the husband and wife don't really know each other as well as they thought, and they'll get married, and they'll find out that the, the person they married to has extreme amount of debt, and they keep spending and spending and spending, and they won't stop spending. Another one is people uh, get married to someone who uh, likes to do all kinds of investing, investment schemes, or, or buying houses and flipping them, or, or all kinds of stuff like that, and they go downhill and downhill and downhill, and they won't stop. And so uh, a lot of times the spouse just has to put an end to it and says, you know, we can't continue on like this because we're deeply in debt, our bills aren't paid, there's no way of getting out, I just need to sever this relationship. And that is really a heartbreaking thing, mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes it has to happen. You know, can I interject something right mm -hmm. here? Uh, you were talking about limits and now we're talking about finances, but I remember one time years ago, uh, you know, it, it, well, this, this uh, uh, couple came into the office and uh, uh, the, 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 the husband was, was, I mean, he was just, he looked like he had seen a ghost. And they, they came and they, they sat down. And uh, what had happened was, is his wife had gone to a, uh, a, an evangelistic church service meeting. Mm -hmm. And uh, the uh, preacher got up and was using some unscrupulous means of raising finances taking up the offering and you know saying stuff if you'll put money into this offering the hundredfold anointing will kick in and all of that and I don't want to get off on teach, teaching on that but but that you know that that's not you know that that that's not so you know mm -hmm. you need to be consistent your tithing and giving over time and God will bless you and if you if a preacher ever says well if you put into this offering you're going to get some kind of amazing blessing that's just a lie it's just right. it just is but anyway so she had gone to this meeting and this was kind of an elderly couple too I don't know maybe whatever they not old let's don't get into that but I don't know maybe in their mid seventies I don't know whatever the case but but uh, but she, uh, what she she had gone to this meeting and he wasn't there and uh, and and the the preacher had received this offering and she had written out a check for $10,000 and put it in the offering and they walked in the in my office and this man was about ready to have a heart attack <laughs> I mean because she didn't she didn't ask his right. permission or, or if permission's the right they word didn't discuss they, it they, they didn't dis I shouldn't have used permission there but they didn't discuss it ahead mm -hmm. of time they had no agreement on it. She was just at this service, and this guy said, "If you put, you know, a bunch, if you put money into this offering, you know, and he might have even said, you know, if you put in ten thousand, that a special super duper anointing will mm -hmm. kick in." And she wrote the check out for ten thousand, puts it in the offering, and this her husband, she didn't talk to him. There was no communication, mm -hmm. and and he was about to have a heart attack. And, and I don't blame it. I mean, mm -hmm. there needed to be limits there. There needed to be communication. Mm -hmm. Now, if she had put in a hundred dollars, he wouldn't have, you know, cared about that. But that's ten thousand dollars is a significant amount of money. There was no limits. There was no communication there. Do you see why he was upset? Absolutely. And a lot of times, people use this. Uh, God told me, mm -hmm. and they when they say God told me, they're acting as an individual, and they don't consider that they're married and. Both people have to, got to hear from God and agree on what God yeah, told them. Yeah, and we talked, that, uh, talked about that last time in guidance, as right. God leads us and guides us. Well, we're talking in regard to finances right here. Yeah. And we knew another couple who the man, I mean, he just kept giving away all the, all the money in the family. I mean, all yeah. the money that the family had, 
He just kept giving it away because he said God told him. And their family was destroyed financially. They yeah. lost their house. They lost everything because he just kept giving money away because God told him. And he didn't, uh, he didn't look at the money as a marital asset. He looked at it as his, own, as his own thing to give away at any time he felt like God told him. And they had to get divorced because he, he was destroying everything. And we're going to say more about these things uh, when we talk under M's for money management. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, if God, I'm convinced if God did want the couple to give away, ten, like that couple of $10,000 mm -hmm. where she gave that, if God really wanted them to give that, they would have talked to one another right. beforehand and they would have both had peace with it. Right. And they could have given it together. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? But but she just took action on her own. Right. And, and But, you know, it doesn't just apply to an offering. I mean, how would you feel if I came in here and said I bought, you know, uh, a certain, uh, like... I, new car. I, I bought a new car, a new set of golf clubs, mm -hmm. or something that's a significant purchase, mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't... It, it's not a much, it's not like asking one another's permission, but it's just, uh, it's just a courtesy, I mean, of, of, of talking to one another. Mm -hmm. I mean... I mean, if I came, I know if I went out and bought something for $100 or $200, it wouldn't bother you. But if I went out and said, hey, I bought that, you know, whatever, and it cost, you know, we'll say $10,000, I mean, you wouldn't like that. Of course not. And I wouldn't like really that if you did that to me. Where you are in life, if when we were probably the first 20 years of our marriage, if he would have spent $100, it would have been like, oh my gosh, <laughs> or me, you know. <laughs> Because we couldn't do it, you know, yeah. we couldn't, we didn't have that uh, leeway. So just, it depends on what situation. Yeah, you know, if I just said a hundred dollars back, when we, <laughs> yeah, you, back years ago, you'd have been out, passed out on the floor. So, but, but, so we, you know, so, but the point is, is that there should be communication right. before there's a, a major amount of money given or spent or whatever on whatever it is. And, and under, each couple would be different depending on where they are financially in their in their in And know. under the word L, there has to be limits. There has to be limits. There has to be limits. Absolutely. And Absolutely. now we have a limit on our time because no, we have, we're out of time. <laughs> we have we have a limit. Yeah, so there needs to be limits. And I think did we get everything in on that? Uh, we're oh, gonna go love next week. We're gonna, why don't we talk about that and we get already that, did. We, do we Already did we talk about, about that? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you said we did, then we, we got it. Yeah. Limit on our time. I'm looking in the at the at, and yep. I'm looking in there, and the clock says we're we're out of time. Yes. So did, how do we do this week? Great. You think we Great. did okay? Yeah. Okay, I hope that we said something helpful to you that, mm -hmm. that you could apply and and make keep your marriage strong, or if, if it needs help, make it make it make yes. it strong, make yes. it better, whatever. So hey, we're gonna limit. I like that limit on the time. So you gotta <laughs> stop stop because. I can get a little long-winded sometimes. So let's stop right here. We'll pick up next week with one of the most important letters, L, love. L, love. And, yeah. and we got much to so We might spend the whole session on that next week. Yes. But, hey, if you're out there, and I never like to close one of these without giving a, people a chance to, to get saved. That means when you die, when we're all going to die one of these days, mm -hmm. you'll go to heaven and not hell. And the only way to miss hell and make heaven when you die is to repent of your sins and receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, hey, repent of your sins and call on the name of Jesus. And that fast, you'll get what the Bible calls born again. You'll become a child of God. And one day you'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. And, and, and the Lord will make your life living. He'll make your life worth living and your marriage worth having and living uh, wonderful in the meantime. What do you say?
Okay, so receive Jesus. Be sure you do that. Okay, hey, we'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.